If you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 7, uh, verse 28. We've been spending some time um, this month, and we're going to be going into next month as well on, uh, on the Sermon on the Mount. And there's so many aspects that we can pull from, from the Lord's uh, words and wisdom uh, all throughout the Word of God, but particularly this, this sermon. And it's the, the practical things in life that we can, that we can apply in our lives and and I believe as we let God move in our lives in those practical areas, one of which is what we're going to talk about tonight, I believe new realms and areas of the supernatural will be opened up. Sometimes we, you know, we, we seek for those mysterious things, and there are those deep things in Christ. There are so many. Um, but sometimes we could forget about the practical things that the Lord wants us to do and to apply in our lives. The practical areas that he desires to, to work at in our lives. And, and we can't uh, push those off to the wayside. We have to uh, focus on those things because God wants us to be Christ-like. And our series scripture for this month is out of Matthew chapter 7, verse 28. So let's go ahead and read that. Uh, the Bible says, When Jesus had finished saying these things, talking about the Sermon on the Mount, uh, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. For he taught with real authority, quite unlike their teachers of religious law. And as we look at the message translation, it says this. It's, it says, when Jesus concluded his address, the crowd burst into applause. They had never heard teaching like this. It was apparent that he was living everything he was saying. I'll read that one more time. It was apparent that he was living everything he was saying. Quite a contrast to their religious teachers. This was the best teaching they have ever heard. And just a side note to anyone that, that is blessed to, to minister the Word of God to any number of people, small group, large group, uh, pastors, Bible study teachers, this should be uh, something that we should attain and try to achieve is that, that our message through Christ would impact the lives of people. And not, it's not just about them bursting into applause, although that feels great, right? But it, it's apparent that he was living everything he was saying. So let that be our uh, thing that we strive for as, as leaders, is to live everything that we're talking about and um, for people to be blessed with that. Praise God. So um, as we started this, 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 this series, uh, Brother Manny opened it up and talked about kingdom blessings and how blessed we are uh, in, in Christ. Pastor Bob talked about made to make a difference. Uh, Pastor Tim last week uh, talked about uh, transforming to righteousness. Praise God. So tonight we're going to continue on, and I want to read a scripture, and then I'll introduce the, the topic here. Uh, Matthew uh, chapter 5, verse 33. You have your Bibles, Matthew uh, 5, 33. Now Jesus says this, he says, You have also heard that our ancestors were told, You must not break your vows. You must carry out the vows you make to the Lord. But I say, this is what Jesus says, I say, do not make any vows. Do not say, by heaven, because heaven is God's throne. And do not say, by the earth, because the earth is his footstool. And do not say by Jerusalem, for Jerusalem is a city of the great king. Do not even say by my head, for you can't turn one hair white or black. Look at what it says in verse 37. Just say a simple, yes I will, or no I won't. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. 
You have heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I say do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. If you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. You have heard the law that says... Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. I'll say that one more time. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you, and that way you will be acting as two true children of your Father in heaven, for he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that, but you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. You know, I, you may have seen this video. There's a video going on um, online, and there's a gentleman who was uh, way up at the mountaintop in a, a peak, and he was... He was skiing. He was getting ready to go down the slope. And some of you may have seen this. And, and he was just kind of, the, the, you could tell, like he had a, a GoPro on. And, and he was getting ready to position himself to, to take that dive and to go down that slope. And in one, in one step, his ski hit a rock the wrong way. And he lost his balance and he fell. And he plummeted, they say, a thousand feet. And there's this video of this, and he's trying to do his best to, to grab onto something and to slow himself down, but you could just see the snow, and he's just, he's sliding and sliding. The good news is that he survived, but the lesson there is that we have to watch, he should have watched his step. And today's message is entitled, Watch Your Words. Watch Your Words. You know, through my life as a young child, I, I remember those, those times in my life that were pivotal uh, in my upbringing and they shaped my reality based on the things that, that I experienced. Uh, whether verbally, whether there were, there were words that came my way that were insults, I remember those things. I remember them like they were yesterday. Whether they were words of faith, I remember those things that were spoken into my life. Faith that helped me to believe to move mountains in my life. Assurances that gave me wind in my sails to press forward towards what God wanted for me. See, words have played such a big part in my life and, and why I'm here today. And I know in your life as well, there are things that, that have been spoken to you, both for the bad and for the good, things that you'll never forget. And there are experiences in my life and things that were said to me that, yes, I have forgiven. I've forgiven those individuals, but I'll tell you what, I'll never forget those things. I just, it's just like they're seared into my memory, but it, it doesn't hold me back. I'm not, I'm not burdened by these things. I have forgiven, but I never forget them. I, I, I can't. I just, I, I don't, or I haven't yet. And I know in the same instance, there are things that you've experienced in your life, and yes, You've forgiven, you've let those things go, but this shows the power that words have in our life and in our spirit. So uh, why don't we pray together? We're going to pray that God would just have his way uh, tonight as we get into this. Praise God. Let's bow our heads. Father, we're so grateful, God, for your mercy and for your grace. Father, we're thankful, my God, just for uh, allowing us to gather here in, in your name, Lord. I pray that you would, 
Help us to receive, Father God, everything that you're trying to, to speak to us about, Father God, that you would help us to walk out of here different, Father, that we would understand, Lord, the power, Father God, that words have, and how, Father, you've asked us to be accountable, Father God. You've demanded that we're accountable with our words, Father God. Give us wisdom. Help us tonight, Father. We thank you. We ask in Jesus' name. We all say? Amen. I, I won't keep you long tonight, um, but it's okay. There's no more Lakers games taking place this season, so, you know, we could take our time. <laughs> Some of you are like, yeah, it's okay. Uh, but praise God. The power of words. I want to look at that first uh, tonight. The power of wor words. John chapter 6, verse 63. And Jesus says this. He says, the Spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. And here in this, this passage, we get the, the truth that words are spirit, that the, the words that Jesus spoke are spirit and life. And, and I could attest to this in my life. I look back at the early days. I was just, I was just um, having a visit with my, with my dad uh, recently, and, and God had touched his life many years ago through the Word of God. And one thing he always taught me and part of my testimony was where he said, mijo, read the Bible, always read the Bible, read the word of God, and he would read us these stories, these Bible stories, and I remember like it was yes, yesterday, all these Bible stories that I was reading, this was before I even stepped foot in church, but it was the word of God as I picked it up as, as a young teenager, not understanding so much about it, but just having a faith, a desire to know God, as I, as I started to look into the scriptures, it became alive. And it's true, the Bible says that the word of God is, is alive, is powerful, sharper than any two-edged two sword. And it, 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 in my life, it, it revolutionized my life. There is a young boy, not knowing anything about God, coming up and growing up as I did, God began to reach out to me, and how was it? It was through the word of God. It was through the anointed word of God, Jesus' words that are spirit and life. It changed my life. It set me on an eternal trajectory, and here I am today. Why? Because it was God's grace that, that drew me to the Word of God, and as I opened it, I, became, I, I changed. As I opened it, my life was changed, forever changed, and it started with the words of God. So powerful. And it's true. It's a testimony here. Jesus says it, and the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. In God's word, we see the power of his command, of his word, of his voice that created all. In Hebrews 11.3, the Bible says, By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed by what? At God's command. That we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. It was from God's voice. It was from God's command. Words are powerful. God's word is powerful. And yes, even our words are powerful, how we use them how we use them righteously or how we use them otherwise. No matter what, they hold weight and they're powerful. I want you to think of a time and those times in your life where something was spoken to you and perhaps it was, it was something amazing, something that you needed at that right moment in that season of your life. Perhaps it was something that had an, an eternal effect on your life in a positive way. But sometimes we can remember those things that were spoken to us that, that cut us. And through God's grace and power and forgiveness, we can, we can let the hurts go. But nevertheless, we remember those things. And what does that show us? 
that words are powerful. And this is a reminder. I, I believe and I understand that we, we understand this truth, but this is a reminder, people of God, children of God, whoever's listening to my voice, is that the words that we speak, there's power in those words. So we must be accountable to those things. We have to, to be careful with the words that we say, the words to, to our children, to, to our, our spouses, to our loved ones, to our friends, to our coworkers, because if we're not careful, we could just talk so loosely based on emotion, can't we? And oftentimes it's, it's to those closest to us, those that we care about the most, seem to be the targets that we, that we aim at with our words most often when we're frustrated or when we're angry or whatever it is. But God help us, church, to walk out of here different, to be reminded that there is so much power in the words that we speak that we have to be careful. See, what are some characteristics of words that hurt us? Well, it's... Just that, they hurt. They cause pain in our heart and our lives. Words that hurt us, they, they evoke an emotion from us. We get angry, right? When someone says something out of line to you or disrespectful or hurtful, it causes us to, to just become emotional. We get angry. And that anger, if not dealt with, can turn into bitterness. We can get hateful. We can seek revenge. Why? Because words were spoken to us. They evoke emotion. And past that, words that are spoken to us that hurt us, they e evoke a response from us, don't they? If we're not careful. This happened to me, to me the other day at work, and I'm sure this individual didn't, maybe didn't mean it as they said, but I was scratching my head. I said, did they just say that to me? What do they think they are, right? And then you start to feel all this, these, these inner things going on. But, but we have to just, just, just zip it sometimes and give it to God. And, and, and most of the time, if you just give it to God and, and you just let a little bit of time go by, you, you know, the boiling just goes down and you're back about your business, right? But if we're given to quick response and, and, and we want to say something right back to someone, then we have to be careful. See, so these, these words that hurt us can evoke a response from us oftentimes that get us into trouble and they can remain for, with us for some time. As we look at God's words, God's word, we understand that he uses his word to create. Genesis 1-3, then God said, let there be light and there was light. It was God's word. He said it, let there be light and there was light. And in the same way that God was able to create with his words, in the same way that Jesus says his words are spirit in life, we must understand, brother and sister, that our words are a powerful tool. It's powerful. A powerful weapon that God has given you, your words, your mouth, the influence that you have through your words. It's a powerful tool that God has given us. So we need to use it correctly with grace and with truth. Can you say amen? And anointing. And as we do that, as we rely on God's word and we lean on his spirit, not carnality, but we rely on, on his spirit, then the words that we speak will work wonders for those around us. We'll be a blessing to others, to many. God will use us to, to, to influence in a righteous way people to propel them forward, to encourage them. If, if there's anyone perhaps that is, that is doubting, if they, can, if they can accomplish what God's called, us to, called them to accomplish, God can use us 
through words of encouragement and edification to push them and propel them forward into their destiny. Words are powerful. I've seen it in my life, and I know you've seen it in your life. But if our words are influenced by malice and anger and hostility and all the works of the flesh, we understand that those very words, the things that, that come out of our mouths can destroy as well. Isn't that true? The pain that we can inflict, again, maybe because we're having a bad day or we're bitter because something's going on in our life. And, and what happens sometimes, we, we lash out to those that are closest to us and we, we feel... Uh, um, less than perfect, so we try to belittle other people through our words, don't we, sometimes? God, help us. God, forgive us. God, help us to, to season our words with salt, and yes, with truth, but with grace as well. See, the Bible says in Proverbs eighteen twenty one, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. I'll say that one more time. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. There's another scripture that says, in the abundance of words, sin wanteth not. In the abundance of words, sin is not lacking. So be careful when, when you're in a place of, of comfort or maybe you're in a place, a social place, and you're with those that you're most comfortable with and there are many words going around and much talking, be careful, believer, because it's in those times that you could say something out of turn, something that's going to hinder your testimony, something that, that's going to cause you to regret later on. Be careful. I'll read it one more time, Proverbs 18, 21. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Be careful. So we understand that our words carry much weight. And the Bible says also as we move on in Luke chapter 6, verse 45. I want to read that with you, Luke 6, 45. You know, let's jump back. We'll go to uh, Luke 6, 43. And this truth is from the abundance of the heart. Uh, Luke six forty-three: A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. Figs are never gathered from thorn bushes, and grapes are not picked from bramble bushes. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. And that's the truth, brother and sister, that we have to glean from God's word, is that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Listen to how you talk. Think about how you talk to those that are near and dear to you, to your loved ones. Think about how you talk when you're having a bad day, when you're frustrated, or perhaps when you're tired, or, or when you're stressed out. Amen, right? When we get stressed out, because when everything's good, when everything's easy, when everything's going our way, we talk one way. But what about when you're frustrated, and when, you're, when perhaps you're, you're a little bit angry, or you're stressed out? Then how do you talk? How do I talk? Thanks, Siri. She's trying to answer it. How do we talk? We have to be careful. So next time you're, you're having a bad day or you're, you're going through it, 
Listen to yourself. It's in those times that we have to be careful. That the Bible says, walk circumspectly. You know, walk, be careful. Watch whatever every step you're, you're taking. Watch. Be careful because if you're not careful, you can, you, can, you can fall off the edge. Walk carefully. Walk wisely. Verbally in our words. James 1.20 says, human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So when you're feeling angry, we all have those days. We're all stressed out sometimes. We got things to do. Things are getting on our nerves. You know, the temperature's not the temperature that we want, or, or, or your, your, your checking account is not where, where you want it to be, or, or your goals aren't being accomplished as fast as you want them to be accomplished. Whatever it is, we have to be careful because it's in those times that we could get frustrated and we could begin to use our words to hurt those close to us. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. We have to be careful with the little ones that God has entrusted us with around us, our children, our our loved ones. Build them up, edify them. God help us to always do that, to to see the potential in their little hearts. Matthew 12, 36, and I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit or condemn you. We're going to have to give an account one day, brother and sister. Every idle word that that you speak, every idle word that I speak, we're going to have to give an account. We're going to stand before God. We're going to have to give an account of these things. And I pray that truth is, is ever on our heart, is ever seared into our minds and our spirits so that when we're having a bad day or we're angry or we feel like lashing out or doing this or that, that we, by the power of the Holy Spirit, would stop and remember that, man, I'm going to have to give an account for this. I'm going to have to answer for this. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know, part of my testimony, I got saved around 14, uh, I was 14 years old, and you may not believe it, but I had a mouth on me. I had a mouth on me, and I, I remember there was a time when I would hear myself, and um, you know, those, those, those cuss words, you know, God, God was moving in my life, and I remember, I remember making an intentional effort in my, in my teenage mind and spirit and heart to stop, to stop that that lingo, you know, stop using those words. And I remember, I remember trying, I remember really trying to set my, my heart to it, to stop doing that because I was hearing myself. And I might have done good for a little bit, but, but I, would, I would revert right back to, to the way I was. And see, what, what I was doing, it was, it was human effort, it was, it was my strength, and it was, it was a righteous desire, it was a righteous effort, but I was relying on my own strength. And although I tried and I was intentional with it, I, I just, I didn't have the power of the discipline from within me. Why? Because it was not Christ-centered. But, but brother and sister, as I, as I got saved, as I began uh, knowing the Lord and, and, and I began allowing his spirit to work in my life and I was faithful to church and everything that was going on in my life, I was trying to get to church each and every day and, and I was trying, I was making an effort in Christ to seek his righteousness. And I remember one day having a realization that, man, I, I haven't cussed for, for this amount of time. And it was, it was a revelation to me. Why? Because it was the work of the Holy Spirit. And this is a perfect pic- picture in comparison of, of us doing things by our own effort or by letting the Holy Spirit work in us. 
See, I tried. It was a righteous desire. I wanted to do it, but I was leaning on my own strength. But as the Holy Spirit was working in my life, he just started to clean me up. He started to change the way I talked, and it started from the inside. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was working on the inside. And brother and sister, perhaps there are things you're facing uh, in your life tonight. Perhaps there's hang-ups and it's, it's causing you frustration and you've been seeking God and desiring God. Help me with this thing. I want to encourage you. Continue just to, to, to seek him, to, to draw closer to Christ. Draw closer to his righteousness. As you do that, as you draw closer to Christ and the fire of the Holy Spirit is working inside you, it's going to burn away those impurities and those things that you have going on in your life. All you have to do is, is just strive, chase after him. Come to church. Be faithful to church. Be faithful to reading your word. Be faithful to witnessing. Be faithful to, 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 to godly fellowship in your life. And you're going to see these things that at one time used to trip you up. There's going to be a time where you're going to be like, man, I'm not dealing with that thing anymore. Why? Because it's the power of the Holy Spirit working inside of you. It's not your strength. It's not my strength, but it's the power of the Holy Spirit. When there's altar call, make altar call. When there's Bible study, go to Bible study. When the church doors are open, get to church. When, when you have time there, read your word. When there's time to pray, pray. When, when you have an opportunity to witness, witness. As you involve yourself, as we involve ourselves in these godly things, we're going to become victorious. Thank you, Jesus. This is through the power of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> James chapter 3, verse 2. The Bible says, For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouths and they, uh, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great, are driven of fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor lists. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Behold how great a matter a little, little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that, the, that defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell." For every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and has been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therewith we bless, uh, bless we God, even the Father, and therewith we curse men which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessings and cursings. My brothers, these things uh, ought not to be. Does a fountain send forth the same place sweet water and bitter? Can a fig tree, my brother, bear olive berries, either a vine or figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. See, here we are in worship tonight. We were praising God. We were, we were giving God glory and honor with our mouths, right? We were singing beautiful worship songs unto him. But what happens when we get angry or we get mad? Sometimes we flip it and we turn, but the Bible's saying that ought not to be the case. Let God work and build you up to be Christ-like, yes, Christ -like, yes, even in our speech. And I want to close as we close with the last point here is to, to speak life. We have to speak life. We have to build others up. And there's a powerful passage here. In Proverbs 18, 20, and the Bible says, wise words satisfy like a good meal. You're like, did someone say good meal? I'm hungry. Wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words bring satisfaction. The tongue can bring death or life. 
Those who love to talk, again, will reap the consequences. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2, the Bible says, Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. I'll read that one more time. Make allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, building yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There was one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults. You know, sometimes we so easily forget how many trespasses we had on our record, right? How many, how many offenses we've had, how many bad things we've said, how many times we've offended others and those loved ones around us that constantly forgive us. The Bible is telling us and instructing us to make room for each other's faults. They're not perfect. Give them some grace, the same grace that you received of the Lord. Have grace. They come to you, they say something bad out of turn, and maybe they come back and apologize. You know, sometimes we take that as an opportunity to just jam them. You know, they're vulnerable right there. They're apologizing. All right, I'm going to let them have it now. They're easy target. Or we could say, you know what, it's all right. Don't worry about it. That's it. I'm sorry for what I said. It's okay. Because how many times have we said things that we should be ashamed of? How many times have we offended others? How many times have those loved ones of ours forgiven us? How many times has the Lord forgiven us? Make room for each other's offenses, for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit. You know why the Bible's saying that is because there are so many strategies and schemes of the enemy to, to cause us to divide and to be separated from each other. But the Lord is saying, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit. Sometimes that means saying, I'm sorry. Eating a little bit of humble pie, humbling yourself, you know, uh, uh, correcting yourself, making that, you know, smoothing that situation over, making amends. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit because there's so much power in unity. Can you say amen? Thank you, Jesus. As I close, I want to have the worship team make their way up. And I want to close with this excerpt that I, I read off of a uh, uh, pastor's workshop. And it says this. Talking about, uh, we, we read some scripture out of the book of Proverbs, and it says this as we close. The book of Proverbs is, in ways, a treatise on talk. Okay? I would summarize it this way. Words give life. Words bring death. You choose. What does this mean? It means that you, never, you have never spoken a neutral word in your life. Your words have direction to them. If your words are moving in the life direction, they will be words of encouragement, words of hope, of love, of peace, of unity, of instruction, of wisdom, and correction. Those are words that move in the life direction. But if your words are moving in a death direction, they will be words of anger, malice, slander, jealousy, gossip, division, contempt, racism, violence, judgment and condemnation your words have direction to them and this evening we learn that 
Words are powerful. And I know each and every one of us have been on the receiving end of, of words that have blessed our lives, that have encouraged us, that have propelled us forward into, into where God desires us to be. But we've also been on the receiving end of, of words that have, have impacted us negatively, that have hurt us, that have cut us. And what should this show us, church? That while we've been on the receiving ends of those words, that we have an awesome responsibility to use our words righteously, to, to bless others, to, to lead them in, in righteous direction. To yes, perhaps there's times of correction, but that correction to be dealt with truth and love and grace, just as the Holy Spirit deals with us. See, when the Holy Spirit convicts us, right, he makes us, we feel bad, right? We feel, we feel guilty, we feel convicted. But what does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit gives us hope that it's gonna be all right and that he's gonna help change us. He brings that correction. We feel that guilt, we feel that conviction, that righteous conviction. Thank you, Jesus. But he gives us the hope that, that Jesus still loves us, that God's still working on us and we can make it right through Christ. See, but words of condemnation, of malice, of, of anger, words from the enemy, what do they do? They make us feel ashamed, guilty, but they just want us to stay down there on the ground and say, you'll never change. That's the difference. So God's given us an awesome tool, an awesome responsibility with our words. Let's be responsible. Let's be faithful to what he's called us to be. Let's walk out of here different tonight, each and every one of us. Goodness, each and every one of us. This, this sermon's not just for this person or that person next to you, it's for all of us because I know we can all improve. I know we all have bad days. I know we all struggle. We all get stressed out. We get frustrated. All kinds of different things happen. And we say things that we shouldn't say sometimes. But God, help us. Let our words be seasoned with, with grace. Let our words be salt for this earth that would, that would preserve life, preserve righteousness. Thank you, Jesus. Church, with every head bowed, every eye closed tonight.